0: You're listening to the Raptors Rapture Podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, as always. I am the host of this podcast, Hunter Surplus, and you guys are listening to the Raptors Rapture Podcast. It's a little bit of a bonus episode midweek here because something very special is happening on Wednesday nights. And for this special bonus episode, we have a very special guest joining us we've got sean woodley from locked on raptors and co-author of the champs the book a very good book everyone should check it out sean thank you so much for coming on Yeah, thanks for
1: having me, man. I I assume the important thing you're talking about, the special thing you're talking about, is uh, the return of Lou Williams and Patrick Patterson?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) But in all seriousness, Kawhi is coming back as a player for the first time on a different team than the Raptors. Since something very cool happened, the Raptors winning the championship, him winning finals MVP, it's going to be 100% positive for his return, right?
1: I would think so, or at least like the very small segment of people who were gonna like boo are like, I feel like they'll be drowned out, hopefully. Like, I last night I tweeted, like, there was like a Clippers blog last night that was like, oh, Kawhi's definitely getting booed when he goes to Toronto, right? And I was just like, there's no way, like, there's absolutely no way he's getting booed. And I got one reply from some dude who was like, well, that's that's, uh, you know, real competitors are going to boo him because you, if you're not with us, you're <laughs> against us. It's like, yeah, get, get like just like a uh, can I swear on this? <laughs> uh, yeah, do it. OK, get fucked. Get fucked. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's sort of my response to that uh, sort of line of thinking. I mean, he did something that no one else has ever done with this city. And obviously it wasn't just him. It was like a really, really damn good team. And I I just, I can't imagine anyone with a real head on their shoulders. Anyone who truly appreciated the finals run is going to feel compelled to boo Kawhi. The dude wanted to go home. And there's nothing that the Raptors could have done more to convince him. And, you know, had he made any sort of references to wanting to stay ahead of time, then maybe it'd be different. But he never did that. He never tipped his hand. He never said, he never did the Kyrie thing and said, no, I want to be here. And, you know, he did what most people expected him to do. And that's fine. And he did he leaves behind just like a completely changed franchise, a completely changed fan base. And I I would assume the response to him as a result is going to be overwhelmingly positive and nice.
0: Yeah. And I think it, I think it should be, if you are to compare it to like the returns we saw last year with like Damar and Dwayne Casey two obviously like very beloved Toronto Raptors kind of, I don't know, like I want to call them legends, but like, you know, as a Toronto Raptor, they're legends. Mm-hmm. How would you compare it or how do you expect it to compare those? Like is it gonna be more than what DeMar got, or is it gonna be less than Dwayne Casey or somewhere in between? Or what do you think?
1: I think it'll be more than both of them probably. Like I, I think the the whole ring ceremony kinda sets you up with an opportunity to be very appreciative and very loud. And I think it's going to be uh, pretty resounding. I, I I just don't know why it wouldn't be like think of all, like as they go through the clips as they show the shot as they show the dunk on Giannis in Game Six as they show the fourth the like the fourth quarter in Game Five against the Bucks as they show everything like it's just going to be constant reminders of all the things he did the game four three over Embiid I mean there are so many things that I, I don't know how the crowd is not going to get absolutely juiced I think you could sort of predict what it's going to sound like assuming there's some sort of montage which i'm guessing there's going to be and i'm guessing i'm going to cry when i see it uh (laughs) (laughs) like what if you watch the pre like the ring ceremony you saw when they went through all the highlights of the playoffs that people were going nuts at every single turn in that montage and i I just imagine it's going to be the exact same way with Kawhi. and so yeah i know damar got like a wonderful response and reception but the fact that the Kawhi thing is happening before the game, they're sort of clearing out the entire floor just for Kawhi. Like, I have to think it's going to be pretty raucous in there. And uh, yeah, I, I, I look forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, Raptor the Raptors don't do a lot of things very well game ops wise, but their <laughs> you know, the ring ceremony was great. And I would imagine they'll have something similar for Kawhi and They do a good job of honoring the past. And I think it's going to be just a really nice celebratory thing. Just sort of like a second ring ceremony for everybody. That's great. How often do you get that? Like, the first one was awesome. Why not have a second?
0: Yeah, and I think it'll be really big as well. Because it's not going to be just like a normal ring ceremony where they're giving, like, the sixth man off the bench or whatever. The eighth guy in the rotation a ring. It's literally the finals MVP. It's the guy who... I don't want to say, you know, won us the championship by himself, but the guy who, if we didn't have him, we wouldn't have won it. And since this kind of thing has like never happened before in terms of the finals MVP and the best player on the team leaving, it's going to be, like you said, like another ring ceremony because all the guys are going to be there. Presumably it's going to be kind of the same, the same feeling. Like you said, I, in comparing it to DeMar's, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be bigger because I think the emotional connection between a lot of fans and DeRozan was like really big. And obviously the ring ceremony, like you mentioned is going to be what kind of puts it over the top, but I don't think he's going to get like the five minute standing ovation that, that DeMar DeRozan got when he kind of came back and got his little video montage and whenever he checked into the game, but I, I could very well be wrong. Either way, it doesn't really matter because both guys are going to get the love that they deserve. Hopefully, Kawhi gets all the love that he deserves because he deserves all of it. Everyone in Toronto should be happy and every Raptors fan should be happy for him returning. And like you said, the, like the ring ceremony is going to be amazing. I think the celebration of the them kind of winning the ring and, and him getting the ring and remembering it all and it being a whole kind of celebration in the middle of the season of them winning a championship last year is going to be really cool because like I said, we've never really seen a a second ring ceremony where the finals MVP is coming back to the team and it'll be, it'll be very fun to watch. And like you said, yeah. like I'll I'll probably cry.
1: Yeah. And I think like, you know, things would be a little bit different. I think if the team was off to like a really bad start, I know they've lost a few games here and they haven't looked awesome, but like for the most part, they're in a pretty good spot, and Pascal Siakam is great, and Kyle Lowry looks amazing, and OG Ananobi's taking steps that he wouldn't have taken if Kawhi were here. Obviously, you'd like to have Kawhi on the team, but like OG is sort of doing his part to fill that in a little bit, and it's just like, it's a really fun team to watch, and like if they were 7-16, and 16, then yeah, maybe there'd be a little bit more bitterness among Raptors fans about Kawhi, and you know, okay, you left and left with this, with this garbage, but look, he didn't leave garbage behind. It was a really good team before he got here. <laughs> stayed a good team after he left and figures to be a good team for a while here as they sort of move into their next phase. And I kind of just think like it's, it's a, how to put it? It's just sort of, it feels like both sides have moved on in a really sort of copacetic way, right? Like it's not like Raptors fans need to sit here and be bitter because they're now back into the dark ages. And I think, you know, Kawhi moved on obviously, and he's happy to be at home and he loves playing for his home crowd. And that's great. And Raptors fans can be happy to watch a really exciting team that, that just went on a run that I think history is going to be very favorable to. And you're going to look back and say, man, like what a run that was, what an unlikely you know series of events that all took place, starting with like Zaza Pachulia falling on Kawhi's <laughs> leg in the conference finals out West a couple years back. Like all of it sort of led to this with, you know, the six year run of the Raptors as well and all the heartbreak before it. And it's just there's there's almost like a poetry to having it all end after one season. And, you know, I think like part of the reason this year's team has been so fun is the lack of expectation. And look, like I I would expect that the Raptors would have been very clear title favorites had they brought back Kawhi with the same team and you know that that's one thing to root for for sure but also there's something to be said for not having expectations and for just going into it and sort of enjoying every game for what it is and being surprised by the things that you know kind of overshoot your expectations and that's what this Raptors team has done that's what the 2013-14 team did as well where they were supposed to be bad and then they got really good and it was the most fun anyone's ever had watching basketball and you know Kawhi leaving sort of set that situation up here and you know, maybe Kawhi stays, but they lose to the Bucks in the, in the conference finals this year. Maybe things don't go well. Maybe his injuries, you know, pile up and things don't look so rosy and they only get the one title. You know, maybe there's the possibility that you left titles on the table by not being able to keep it. And maybe he left titles on the table himself. But at the other, on, the, on the side of the coin, like maybe this was all you were ever going to get. And it ended on a perfect note. And, you know, you can just kind of move on and be happy it happened and uh, look forward to what's next.
0: With you saying, like, it, it's a little more fun watching this team this year. And I think a big part of that is you don't have the free agency looming at the end of the season. You don't have all the speculation throughout the year and, and during the playoff series. Because with that, you were kind of like, oh, no, if Kyle Lowry misses 14 threes in a game, he's leaving. It's just going to yeah. happen. And all that happened in every single game. And any time Kyle Lowry missed a shot or any Pascal Siakam turned the ball over, Dude, anytime, of- <laughs> it, anytime it snowed outside, I was
1: like, what's <laughs> going on with Kawhi? Does he like snow? Is he out making snow angels? Is he hunkered down? Like, that's how it was like insane. I noticed that the first time it snowed this year in like early November. And I was like, oh, I'm not stressed out about Kawhi Leonard <laughs> right now. This is really refreshing and nice.
0: Yeah. And it's, and I, I think that is a really big part of it. Cause like you said, the expectations weren't really there. And, it's just enjoying the game. And now that there's so many, I think like genuinely, there's so many new fans and there's so many people who did love basketball, but didn't maybe have a connection to the Raptors. Mm -hmm. Now there's like a big following. And now whenever, if I go out to bars with friends to watch the game and they're always playing Raptors games. And I I don't know if you ever noticed this, but like before, before the championship run, it would always be the game on, but you're not hearing Matt and Jack or, or Matt and Leo. It's, music over top but now they always have it's a very little thing but they always have the game sound actually playing and it's it's like what they do with hockey here and it's like what mm-hmm. they do with the leaves. but that is like one little thing that i've really noticed which makes it more fun like going out to watch games and stuff which i think is really cool because i'm a really big rappers fan but yeah bars are more full and, and people are more excited about games even though maybe they're not title contenders and maybe they're not favorites to really come out of the east at all but they're still a good team, so there's still the excitement. You still have these young pieces like OG and and Siakam and Van Fleet, and you've got the the old head Kyle Lowry and Marcus All, who has kind of turned into a fan favorite here despite some struggles. And it's it's really fun to watch and like watching the guys who were second fiddle kind of come up and be the main guys as a unit is really is really really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of my favorite bars before the, the the title run and then they still remain my favorite bars. But like some of my favorite bars in the world were the ones that would play the Raptors with sound before the run. Right. And now everyone is doing that. And like, you know, you mentioned there's new fans. I mean, my grandma became like an enormous fan last year for the first time ever. And now like DMs me asking about like postgame quotes. I don't even watch <laughs> postgame quotes. I don't care about postgame quotes. And my grandma's like, what do you think Fred meant when he said this? And I'm like, well, this is great. This is amazing. Uh, and it's just like it is like the legacy that Kawhi's left behind. I'm going to long maintain this like what we saw last year and the impact Kawhi had on the city is going to far surpass what Vince Carter did. And like Vince Carter did amazing things. But like you saw just the wave of new fans last year. I, I just I can't imagine that in like 10, 15 years we're not talking about like the Kawhi effect and maybe there'll be a documentary about it or something like that. <laughs> Um, hopefully a better one than the original Carter effect, but the, it's just like, it would be like, that's, I'm fully expecting that to be the case and that's really special, man. And and just like the legacy that one year left behind is just so remarkable. It's why I think Kawhi is the second best Raptor of all time. As much as he was only here for one year, you could argue that the impact that he's left is going to far surpass Carter. And, you know, obviously you saw the exact difference between him and DeRozan, who are, I guess, the the other guys in the conversation for number two behind Kyle. And I just, you know, it's undeniable with Kawhi, his talent mixed with the impact. It's just sort of very clear to me that um, he's number two and the legacy he's left behind is pretty
0: remarkable. Do you think that he deserves to have his number retired by the Raptors? Like this has been kind of a talking point and there's a lot of people on the side that he shouldn't. There's a lot of people on the side that he should. What's your thought?
1: It's a good question. I think like. Definitely after Kyle, definitely after Demar, definitely after Vince. If they do it, I wouldn't say retired. Maybe, maybe they like honor it. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one, right? Like, it, it's a really sort of it's a thing that people get really precious about. Even though the Raptors have never retired a number, people are like very sort of like uppity about it for some reason as though they're the Celtics or something, and it's some, like, great hallowed honor. Um, <laughs> and, like, I, I'm i pro, like, honoring people who were important to your history, and I think Kawhi, it's an interesting one because it was only one year, and he left in free agency and all that stuff, and he never really wanted to be here to begin with. But I, I think in time we might realize, oh, man, like, this guy deserves it. So maybe, like, 10, 15 years from now, something like that, like, the, after he's retired and stuff like that, um, maybe they come back around to it. But I definitely think it should be, like, after... Uh, Kyle and Demar, for sure, and, and probably Vince as well.
0: Yeah, it shouldn't be. It definitely shouldn't be before any of those guys. And like to me, to me, tenure is really important for things like that, like retiring numbers. So I I do like that idea of like honoring it in some way. And I think the like the trim on the championship banner has all of the t- the players' numbers on it. Yeah. And so I think like that. Obviously, it's not big, and it's not just for Kawhi, but I think that his number being on that is like good enough and Mm -hmm. it sounds right. Like it's, it's not very big. It's kind of small, but you know, maybe if they have a, a, a a statue at some point ever built of like the championship winning team for the Raptors, obviously he'd be a very big part of that. And I don't know if they're ever actually going to do that. Um, But yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know if they're retiring. The Jersey number is there, but like honoring him would be really cool. And like, I, if they do honor him, I think it does have to come after Larry and DeRozan as well. Cause and Vince Carter probably, but um, there's no doubt that he did have such a big impact on the Raptors and on the city and not even just city, like all of Canada in terms of like fandom and, and basketball and the love of the game, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. Plus, I mean, if you do it 10, 15 years from now, you get to sort of, wait until his second run with the team in 2021 um, <laughs> after he gets disenchanted with playing at home
0: and comes back. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. you get to see what else he gets to add to his legacy. Absolutely. Let's talk about him leaving again, a little bit of a sour topic, I guess. Do you think that he made the right basketball choice by, by leaving the team and like take away him going home, which obviously is so important and like him not wanting to be here in the first place or, whatever that all that stuff was to start do you think like going to the Clippers was a really important thing to do for him and in terms of his basketball situation
1: I don't really know I think they're pretty like equal situations like the Clippers have a lot of money to spend and they went and got Paul George which is very good and he's awesome and like they're probably the favorites to win the title so it's hard to argue he made a bad basketball decision but I think it's, you know, safe to say that the Raptors would have been favorites to win the title this year if he stuck mm-hmm. around in Toronto and they've got Alex McKechnie and, you know, there were, there were lots of reasons to stay. It was the reason we, why we got so excited about it. Right. Is like, oh man, look at all of these different reasons why it makes sense for him to stick around. Um, obviously, you know, the home thing mattered most and on, uh, like ultimately it's the, you know, how, what his personal best decision was that that matters more than anything. And like it's not like he went to a, that terrible team he didn't sign with like the Kings and you know got their t- entire roster to do so and is sitting there with Corey Joseph as the second best player or anything like that like he's got a really good team i have my reservations as i think a lot of Raptors fans do about like Lou Williams in meaningful playoff games and um i think they need to add like a center who's not a Vika Zubac to potentially uh, anchor their defense but like it's hard to argue man like the Beverly Uh, Kawhi Paul George 1-2-3 is like horrifying defensively and in a league where there's not a super team you could argue that the closest thing to it so yeah it's it's sort of like a a wash for me you know sticking around with the Raptors would have been great you you get to play with Siakam you get to play with OG as he develops you get uh, to stick around with Lowry and Fred and like there's obviously lots of good things going for the Raptors but um, I don't think you can say like he very clearly took a worse situation because he kind of forced it into being a good situation by playing his hand and saying, "All right, Clippers, uh, do this thing, or I'm not coming." And he kind of made himself a good basketball situation that also matched what he wanted to do personally.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you with how like the Raptors and the Clippers are kind of the same team just in different conferences. But I do think that that is a bit of a a big thing, right? Because the West is a harder conference or the better conference. The is the top, it though the Jazz well, suck? Uh, the the Jazz are do suck. Like a nightmare. Yeah, like I don't I, know. I just think that the the early rounds in the playoffs are probably going to be more taxing than playing the Pistons or the Magic in the first round. And I know, like, that's not maybe the biggest deal for a guy like that, but I think getting out of the West is. Is a little bit harder than getting out of the East. I know you're gonna have to go through the Bucks and Giannis and and the Sixers and stuff like that. But I do think the Lakers and I mean the Rockets, if they can figure their shit out, which it's looking more and more like they aren't, but if they can and and do, I think that West just has a higher ceiling for the you know three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams kind of than the the East does, and even. I, it's not like when you're that good, and when your team is that good, and when you can carry a team the way that Kawhi can in the playoffs, and that we've seen a couple times with the Spurs and the Raptors, like it probably doesn't make that much of a difference. But a couple bad games in the playoffs can lead to a little bit, a little bit less of a easy ride to the finals. And I mean, I know how hard the Raptors road to the finals was last year with playing the Sixers, the Bucks, and then the really good defensive magic team and stuff. So it's not really discounting the East, but just as history has kind of told us, the West is really good and it's really tough. And you're going to have to go through LeBron and AD at some point, presumably you're going to have to go through James Harden and, and the Rockets, which I mean, they're not that, (laughs) (laughs) which in the playoffs is not the, the most difficult thing, but you're still going to have to find a foil for it. and, It just seems a little more difficult to get to the finals, but at the same time.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I can agree with you, man. Now that I think about it, like (laughs) I think I would take the top five teams in the East over the top five in the West. Like, yes, they're top heavy with the Lakers and Clippers. I still have my reservations about the Clippers when you get to, sorry, the Lakers, when you get to the playoffs, because they have a lot of bad players on their team. Um, And like, The the Nuggets I don't buy and like can you imagine Kawhi being like phased by the Nuggets? Not really to me. Yeah, I I don't think that's that's an issue. Um, They don't have anyone to really guard him. Like what? Torrey Craig's gonna stop him? Sorry, not happening. Um, And the Rockets like I just who's guarding anybody on that team? They're so horrendous defensively, and yeah, they can score a lot, but I feel like you know. Force russell westbrook to take 30 shots in a game and you're golden because uh (laughs) he sucks now he's not good he's like actively damaging to a team especially in the situation he's in and i just i'm not worried about any of the west teams outside of the lakers whereas like the heat are hella annoying jimmy butler's awesome they're like really really good defensively they're really well coached the raptors are kind of like heat north almost and then you've got like the the Celtics who like still probably have a move to make to add a center. Who's not Daniel Tice or Ennis Cantor. And even if they don't like, they still have, you know, as much as I don't think Jason Tatum is awesome. He's been pretty good lately. And, you know, Jalen Brown's taking a step and Kemba Walker is nice and they don't seem to hate each other. So that's like a good team. The Pacers seem like a problem when they get Oladipo back. Like I would take the top six, even in the East, well over the top six in the West, considering how, Embarrassing the Jazz look right now, and how they sort of look like Celtics West from last year, where it's just like you know, the there's too many mouths to feed, too many dudes who need the ball in their hands, and just not enough guys sort of making the most of their talents. And it's uh so yeah, maybe I'm just like a, I'm adding further juice, like the, the further uh, <laughs> like juice to my argument that maybe Kawhi picked a better situation with the Clippers because the West is not terrifying to me. Like I can't imagine. A first round series against like the like the Magic would be easier than a first round series against like the Suns or the Wolves. I mean, that feels like a pretty easy you know four games for the Clippers uh, with Kawhi, and so yeah, I, I just I maybe mean, the conferences are more balanced, and that's just what it is. But I also just think it's you know the 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 teams in the West that Kawhi's got to go through aren't scaring me much outside of the uh, outside of the Lakers, and I think you could argue that the Sixers or The Bucks pose just as much of a challenge as the Lakers do to to the uh, to the Clippers, and it's uh you know it's fun. It's nice having balance, I guess. That 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 that's a really cool thing.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I I might just be stuck in the in the past X amount of years where the West has been that great. I do think that I still do think that like some of these teams are better than what they have looked through so far and i guess it is kind of getting to a big sample size here where it might be real that the utah jazz actually aren't that good and the denver nuggets despite having a relatively decent record aren't actually the team that they were last year which still wasn't that great of a team come playoff time um but hey i guess we'll see when when playoff time comes and and when all that stuff does end up shaping out to to be whatever the playoff matchups are and and However, he is going to need to get to the finals. Um, What do you miss most about Kawhi Leonard being on the Toronto Raptors? I know you did the Mm. whole appreciation at every episode of of your podcast. So (laughs) one thing that you really, really miss now or are going to miss come sometime later in the season?
1: I think, you know, we're, we're recording this the day after the Bulls game, which we should probably just wipe from our memories. Cause, yeah.
0: Um,
1: but, like, watching the Raptors sometimes struggle in the half court and, like, not real. I mean, Pascal, I think, we will get there, and he's shown moments of having it already. But, like, just being able to give it to a guy and say, please score us a bucket very easily. And it's just it's so easy for him to get to his spots. And, like, even just, like, a, an 18-footer. As much as that is like a, a gross shot to, to basketball people, you know, with Kawhi, it's fine because he shoots like 55 percent of those shots or something insane like that. And it's just like the comfort of knowing it's like a like a heavy blanket where you're just like, yeah, I'm going to layer that thing and it's going to be comfortable and it's going to be great. I'm going to sleep soundly and not worry about anything. And my worries are just going to escape into this giant blanket. Like Kawhi was a heavy blanket. That's what he was. He was just you always knew that there was some sort of thing he could pull out to to save you when things were going rough, even in the regular season. I mean, people, like, are freaking out about the Raptors right now because they've had four bad games. But the Raptors had some stretches last year where they were not exactly killing teams, and they were just sort of, like, skating by. And a lot of that was because Kawhi, in the last five minutes of a game, could just kind of pull it out. And I guess that's the other thing I miss too, is, like, just those stretches where he you you're watching it, it's like, oh man, the best player in the world plays for the team I like. And that's crazy. Like there was the uh stretch, I think they were in Portland and they were down like sixteen with like four minutes left. And Kawhi was just like, All right, I'm gonna hit a bunch of threes and get a bunch of steals and we're gonna like make this a game now. And I think it came down to like him trying a buzzer beater at the buzzer and he missed it, but still, it was like an absurd comeback with so little time on the clock and there was the game four, or sorry, game five against the Bucks, where he just sort of, you know, took over in the fourth quarter. And then there was the stretch in game five against the Warriors, where it, it felt like he was about to win the title himself with that ridiculous stretch where he, I think he scored like 11 points in like three minutes or something like yeah. that, and like had a couple steals, a couple enormous Kawhi rebounds. Um, there was obviously game six against the Bucks where they were down 15, and he's like, "Well, I guess I'm going to win this thing now," and he would just had those like monster. <laughs> deflating rebounds. And I guess that's what I miss is like those stretches where it was pretty undeniable that like this guy is the best guy at the floor, probably the best guy in the world at what he's doing right now. And uh, that's again, very comforting. He was the heavy blanket of NBA players. And I missed that.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I basically wrote down the exact same thing. It was just kind of the calmness that he brought to the team, just knowing that he could kind of get a bucket whenever he needed to. And, even if he didn't get the bucket, he'd at least get the the shot that you know that he wanted to get. And when he did get that shot, chances are he was making it. But also like the calm that he brought to the team. And I think you could tell that a lot in the playoffs where, you know, they weren't necessarily celebrating. Not that they weren't celebrating, but they weren't treating it. Like a big win in the in the conference finals, or after after the first round win. Or obviously, game seven was different with the the Sixers because of the shot, and that's just a totally different scenario. But they were just a lot more professional, it seemed like, than before. And I think he brought his experiences brought that team to a little bit more a little calmer and a little bit more confidence going into certain games and into certain situations. And That was the one thing that I'm really going to miss about it. And it does seem like that it's carried over into this season with, you know, Siakam and Lowry and stuff kind of still having that same mentality and drive and whatnot. But also, um, the obvious is you're going to miss the the title contention and the talk that, hey, the Raptors are actually in this and the Raptors could be, you know, going for a title this year. And obviously that's not the case for this season. They're still a really good team, but having that extra player in Kawhi and, and being able to say yeah like you know what the raptors might be able to repeat here or the raptors uh can at least battle the bucks in the conference finals kind of thing is always going to be something fun to have for your favorite team
1: yeah one other thing i kind of missed too is like he was a really like i, I liked being teased by every word that he said i liked like hanging on everything maybe that sounds twisted but like I liked like overanalyzing everything and sort of like trying to piece together what he was thinking about stuff and like, Oh, he said he doesn't mind the cold. Oh, he like, he just wears a jacket. Huh? What does that mean? Huh? It was just like, he was such a quirky dude. And I think like Toronto kind of helped him open up a little bit and, you know, you know, hanging out with Serge Ibaka and stuff like that really seemed to uh, bring out a little bit more of a relatable side to him. And I always like maintain this. He was and probably still is the most relatable star in the NBA because he is what most people should be like when you have that insane spotlight on you. You should want to get away from that as much as possible because it seems miserable. And like, he just wanted to play basketball, hang out with his family and like not have to do all the extracurricular stuff, which I think was really cool. And I think um, I came to really respect him and like, look, when he was with the Spurs, he was sort of painted as this like emotionless robot player. And I never really sort of jived with him. I never really understood the appeal. And then, he gets traded here and it's like, oh, no, he's just like a quirky, weird dude who's scared of cameras. And that's great. Like that that's what all <laughs> these players should be, except they're like way like super outgoing and stuff like that. Um, but if you like put me in that situation, I'd be like terrified of cameras. I'd be terrified of saying things and getting it misconstrued and twisted. And I, I miss that really relatable and sort of easy to like quality that he had where you know, he didn't say much. But when he said something, it meant something. And you would just kind of hang on to everything, and I, I, I will forever miss that because he was one of a kind in that regard.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like the the Marshawn Lynch of the NBA, except uh-huh. I think I think Marshawn Lynch maybe tries to have that kind of act. I think at first it was genuine, but then as his career kind of went on, it was more of a. I'm just gonna do this because fuck the media kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. I think Kawhi genuinely is just like, like you said, just some quirky dude who, you know, just says what says what he thinks is the right answer. And sometimes it's just, you know, the most basic thing. He's not trying to prop himself up on this pedestal like a lot of players in the in the NBA do and all that kind of stuff, which was really cool. And obviously like the memeable moments that came from it and just from him being here were pretty awesome, right? Like obviously there's the laugh, the what it do, baby kind of thing was Also uh, an amazing memeable moment from him, which like I think that's just his personality, right? Like you could see it in that first in the first press conference kind of media availability thing that he did. He was just he's the same way throughout the whole season. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm really shy and awkward for this first thing. I'm shy and awkward in life, which is very relatable. Like you said, everybody's a little bit shy and a little bit awkward, except for a very few select group of people. What was your favorite part about having Kawhi on the team? And I guess this kind of goes hand-in-hand. Hand, what are you going to miss most about him? But, like, was it the, the playoff run that just was one for the ages? Was it that he just brought a bunch of these different moments to the city, like the shot or, like, the dunk on Giannis?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely the playoff run, right? Like, the playoff run it always
0: felt like it could go somewhere because he was on the team, right? It never felt like, oh,
1: they're going to run into some unstoppable LeBron type because in many ways he was the unstoppable LeBron type and it was really cool to have that guy on the team you like. And it was new. It was a very new sensation. And uh, that, yeah, that's the part I missed the most. Just knowing that at any time you could have the best player on the floor, which was never the case against those LeBron teams. Or really in most of the series, the Raptors even won outside of like, the heat series, I, I don't think you could argue that they had the best player in any of those series. Right. I mean, it was like Paul George, uh, in that Pacers series. And it was, you know, Giannis in the buck series is, is, and the series is, uh, <laughs> and it was, you know, it's sometimes Bradley Beal or John wall. Although I'd probably take Kyle over both of those guys at that phase in 2018 or whatever that was. and, you know, it was just there was no doubt it was like, no, that dude is the best and he's going to punk somebody and it's going to be glorious when it happens. And uh, yeah, that's certainly what I miss is knowing that it, like there was really no ceiling on what could happen because you had one of the five best players on the planet, and maybe the best player on the planet. And that is something that obviously, you know, that ceiling's back in place, it seems with this team. And it was the ceiling that always existed with them on the team. But for one year it was taken off and uh man those skies were bright and clear and lovely
0: absolutely and like to me the the moments of like being at games with him on the team were were really exciting and there were some regular season games that I went to as a fan and was just like oh Kawhi's not playing load management kind of thing which which did suck but you knew that when you went to the playoff games like I went to three of the games against the Sixers and then one in the finals. And I was just like, yeah, well, we know that he's going to play. And I know I've seen enough games. I've saw the the Orlando Magic series. I saw game one, two and three against the Sixers. And so I know game five is going to be sick and I know he's going to be there. I know he's going to have a great game. And then he dunks, dunks on Embiid in like the second quarter and everybody goes nuts. You're just like those <laughs> moments where you're just like, holy shit, this is crazy, and then obviously, you know, being at the game for the shot is, like, something that I'm never, ever, ever gonna forget, and it's, like, one of those moments in life that I already know that, like, my sports moments have peaked, right, like, I'm not playing sports anymore, so I know that I'm never gonna do something crazy like that, and I was there, and I was, I was at the game where, like, the, probably the most iconic Toronto, or, like, even, like, Canada sports moment outside of, like, Crosby's golden goal in the Olympics, like, I was there for that and I'm I can say that like that's always kind of just gonna be like ingrained in my memory and like just like waiting for what felt like 24 hours just waiting for that shot to finally bounce in was one of the coolest moments of my life and like being able to celebrate it and stuff and you don't get that without them. so I mean getting a little emotional here because it it was one (laughs) of those moments that you're just like you can't forget right and and it really did have an impact on like how I was spending a lot of my days with Kawhi on the team especially in the playoffs so yeah that's what that's what I liked most for sure
1: the, like the shot is like if the bat flip had ended in a world series you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah yeah it's you get this insane singular moment that on its own would have lasted forever even if they'd lost to the bucks like if if they got swept by the bucks we'd still be talking about the shot and it would still be like the the peak of raptors history and that's what it is with, you know, outside of the World Series. Like, the bat flip is probably the peak of Jay's history, right? And um, to to have that also culminate in the win and be sort of like this insane plot point on the way to winning the title makes it even more special and more memorable and just, like, absurd that it ever happened. And it's just, it's it will never not be cool that he was on this team, man. <laughs> I will never not appreciate the hell out of it because most fan bases especially in the NBA, right, where I think it's like, what, 17 of the 30 teams have ever won a title? Like, the a bunch that have never been to the finals. Like, it's so hard to win a title in the NBA, and like, the first one is always the toughest to crack. And I always just kind of assumed the Raptors would be one of those teams that just never won a title. Like, oh no, this is just like the Wolves, right? Where like, you know the Wolves are never winning a title. That's just kind of how this is going. And for the Raptors to have a guy on their team for one year that could change that, and change everything like every like all of the ways that i view the team now are completely different because i can't be upset about anything like a a regular season game a loss to the rockets an ugly win over the bulls like i can't possibly be mad because i'm sitting there looking at like all the champions like i'm looking at my christmas tree right now i have a we the champs ornament on the (laughs) christmas tree it's like yeah no that's there forever like that can never be taken away and i'm cool with like a, a down period here if that's what comes because like, you did the thing that's the hardest thing to do. You did the thing that every other team is trying to do. And the fact that the Raptors, the Raptors were able to, like, burst through that glass ceiling and win a title and when it never seemed like they were going to be the kind of franchise that could do that. It, it is, uh, it's remarkable. It never won't be remarkable. And it, it, it sets them up for, like, a, a decade to come that could completely change you know, it, like it's completely different now what we sort of look at this team and sort of the parameters that we look at them within, Right. Because like they've done it before. Who's to say they can't do it again in some other way?
0: I totally agree. And I think that is a perfect, perfect way to end this episode. Sean, my man, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I didn't think of anyone else better to talk the Raptors than you. And I'm I'm glad we were able to get this done.
1: Yeah, man, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you uh, Ab- given the invite.
0: Absolutely. Where can people find you on Twitter, on social, on wherever you can, wherever you are?
1: Yeah, at Woodley on Twitter. Um, I mean, I don't know why you'd follow me. It's pretty uh, <laughs> terrible content, but you could do that. Uh, Locked on Raptors is the podcast. You can subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, also, we the champs. If like it's, I keep telling people to buy it for Secret Santa. It's like it's, it's if you have like a twenty dollars office limit you know that that fits in underneath underneath the limit and then you can give to the book that keeps on giving <laughs> to whoever it is the raptors fan in your life the non-raptors fan in your life or you want to get into the raptors whatever it is they, they just like nice shiny pictures there's lots of nice shiny pictures in there too um you can pick it up wherever uh books are sold
0: yeah i'm not trying to uh to gas you up or anything but i did actually get it i hope she's not listening but i did get it for my cousin's wife for <laughs> our little secret santa thing. So, I'm I'm sure she's going to enjoy that. Anyways, thank you so much for coming on, man. Always appreciate it.
1: Of course, Hunter, have a good one.